Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning, good morning. Happy Monday, Susan. It's Mindset Monday. I'm excited. You're on mute. You're going to have to unmute yourself so you can tell us how you're feeling, but I'm assuming you're feeling good like me. You feeling good? <laughs> am I unmuted now? You're unmuted. Are you feeling good? Oh, of course I am. It's Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I love the fact that I can always count on you. Like some people, you know, it's be a little unsure Monday morning. What's been going on? But every Monday you're like, no, no, it's Monday. I'm ready. Let's rock. You know, I've always liked Mondays. I don't know. I don't know. Mondays are always positive days of the week for probably me and a lot of ages. Usually we're coming off a high of a great weekend, hopefully with a you know high energy productivity over the weekend. Hopefully we're, we're negotiating some multiple offers, usually Mondays and Tuesdays. And, you know, things are, are usually really quite good. And we, it's a great way to start the week. So uh, to, I agree. I, I fully agree. All right. So, so before we jump in uh, to the topic for today, I do just want to start. We're going to start uh, you know, telling you guys for the next couple of weeks, we have a, uh, an Ask Me Anything coming up middle of this month. It's going to be July 22nd, 11 a.m. Pacific. It is Ask a Communications Expert Anything with Brian Curtis. So Zach will drop a link in the chat box. If you're watching the replay later, look at the notes. You'll see a link to register for that. And uh, we were going to have uh, the Theodis talking this morning, but we, we moved that topic to next week because Susan, you've got a, you got a great topic for this morning. Morning. What's yeah. what's our topic for this morning? Today's gonna be about the four stages of morale. Actually, four stages of morale, and I, you know, I do a lot of reading and and implementing in not only my own business, but um, you know, just I, and this is off of uh, John Maxwell. And, uh, I, you know, this is something that I really put to the test in, you know, we did it on a very large scale, you know, with, with culture and all that running KW for years. And then uh, when I launched an independent brokerage, uh, you know, really was put to the test because I had a smaller group to really, you know, focus on and, and really put this into implementation. Now, of course, I got my team here. So we're, you know, we're a newer team and we're relaunching and using all the same tools. So it's today's the four stages of morale. Uh I love it. And and do you get more out of the four stages of morale if you have your camera on? No, I'm just kidding. I, I, that, 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 was a, that was a shout out. That was a shout out to your team who's got their camera on, plus Nate's got the camera on. Anyone else who's here, Ryan, Roberto, Kristen, Heather, Andy, anyone else, if you guys want to turn your camera on, be here with us on a Monday. I just want to throw out that invite because yeah. I really invite you guys these days. So anyway. And and you see there's Candace and Wesley and Grace are with us here today. They're on my team and, you know, wanted them present today because they experienced, you know, all of this as well. And uh, they may even have some things they may want to add today. Who knows? We'll, we'll see guys, right? <laughs> Um, so, you know, what's great about this is I'd like to, to bring out too, before we start is, you know, if you missed the, any agent power huddle, um, episode, Jesse, you guys started something where you, you can subscribe to uh, get, uh, at the end of the week, the update emailed to you of all of the episodes. And I know we can go on, uh, you know, the, the Facebook page. I know we can go on the podcast. You can go to all the different links. But boy, I love that little email that comes in each week because I, I do catch up on the things that I'm not able to attend. And so for the rest okay. of you listening and joining, it's good to know about that. So, love it. Anything you want to add on that, Jess? No, that no. I'm. I appreciate you giving the plug for the Reader's Digest of the Cliff Notes of the week. But the I, I want to know about the four stages of morale because you said you're going to yeah. talk about you talk about that, and I'd actually never heard of these four stages. So I, I mean, I know I know Maxwell, but I don't yeah. know what yeah, are his four so, stages of morale. 
you know, you, you may know more than you think you know, but again, it's all about, all about where what we focus on expands, right? So when you start focusing on one area, it's nice to have these kind of, again, condensed areas where you can really recap these in very, very important um, parts about morale, not only for yourself, but uh, for your team and whatnot that you're maybe running or being a part of. So, you know, high morale is one of the essentials of creating the right circumstances really for any team to perform at the highest level. All right. If the team is winning and the morale is really high, uh, you know, you're actually put yourself in a position to win. Right. So if the morale is high, you're putting yourself in a position to win when the morale is high. Obviously, you start gaining momentum. So what is it really what comes first, the high morale or the winning? Any thoughts? I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. So I know you're all on mute, but, uh, you know, I believe really the high morale comes first. And that's because morale, as I mentioned a minute ago, magnifies everything happening on a team, you know, or even if you're a solo agent by yourself, you know, keeping, that's why we have the mindset Mondays and it's not, shouldn't just be Monday. It should be a daily plug that you are giving yourself to continue to keep that mindset in that positive high morale state. But let's look a little bit closer at morale. You know, high morale is a couple of things. It's the great exaggerator, number one. It's called the great exaggerator, high morale, because when a team is positive and they feel good about themselves, you know, everything's good. Everything seems good, right? We're all in a good vibe. We're getting, we're in preparation. Remember, Jesse, you and I've talked about this. When preparation meets opportunity, you're ready to go, right? You don't want to, you know, be prepared and never have any opportunity to do anything or have opportunity to come to you and not be prepared. You're in trouble if that happens. So the high morale really is the great exaggerator. It really prepares and aligns with the opportunity. Small victories, small victories, you know, are sweet and they're celebrated. The big victories make you feel invincible. Have you ever seen agents, maybe they haven't closed a deal in a couple of months and all of a sudden they're closing some deals and all of a sudden they've got that skip in their step. You know, you can see them standing taller. You feel and you that vibrant energy that's coming from somebody who's really starting to move and get things in momentum. It's a very different morale. And so that high morale is a great exaggerator exaggerator some people call it a winning streak some people call it luck we've talked about that in past episodes luck um but really it's about having high morale all right um in sports this is an example in sports you know people when will jump on the bandwagon become fans they see the morale of the teams and the you know the performance is growing so i was in sports teams all of a sudden there's all these other fans that are are joining in business jesse we've experienced this uh you know in business people start buying more stock because they they feel the morale and the growth and the you know that positive momentum so they'll end up buying more stock and investing more into their they're leaning in and stepping in because you know that has been exaggerated in the morale and the results that are showing up so it's not that a team or an individual you know was talentless one day and then they wake up the next day and now they're talented right it's really all about having that morale going to work for you and being that great exaggerator another thing morale is is called the great elevator Okay, it's the great elevator. Think about that. I know a lot of some of you are listening to this podcast. I'm raising my hand up to give you that visual of raising your standards and raising your potential. Um, the performance of the people goes a whole new level when the morale is high. Would you agree with that? I mean, I, again, put this into action. 
And I'll I'll use a little bit, I'll give you some examples of how we put this into action over the years. The team focuses on its potentials, um, what the potential is, not what problems are. You address problems and you acknowledge them. We can't sweep them under the rug. You address them, but then you move on and you get into the positive morale and the with higher morale, team members are more committed. When their morale is feeling good and the morale is high, people are engaged, they're committed. Um, everyone finds it easier to be a little less selfish, really. It really becomes about the team. And because no one succeeds alone, I've said that before, um, no one will succeed alone. Uh, do you know, Jesse, you know, team is an actual acronym. What's an acronym for? Is it together? Everyone achieves more. Ah, I have heard that. I do like that. Yep. A lot of people have heard that, but you know, in reality, it's so true. Together, everyone achieves more. You will never, ever achieve um, anything close to when you actually have a team working in high morale, you know, and, you know, and actually taking action, massive action. So it all comes together, just like we've talked about. So team members become more submitted, you know, committed to everything. Everyone, you know, becomes a little less, you know, unselfish. The team members have more, they're more confident, right? They're more confident and their confidence is actually raising their performance. It's the great elevator. On the contrary, when a team is losing, team members focus on problems, right? If, you know, this happens, I'm not saying teams will always keep that high morale. You know, there are times we go through things, so we need to continue to, to bring back and continue to raise each other up. But everyone's level, commitment level starts to go down. Uh, the team repels, everybody's just kind of starts looking out for themselves versus really what's you know in the best, in the be- best interest of the team. And by the way, in the best interest of the team will also benefit that team member in a much greater way than if they were ever solo and being by themselves. Again, this has been put to the test, right, Jess? And other team leads they are on this, this call. High morale is also a great energizer. Nate, I just love your smile. <laughs> and Ghani, you guys are awesome. Everybody coming on here. Um, so high morale is a great energizer. And simply put, you know, high morale gives the team energy, right? It gives the team energy. Team me- members will start becoming like energizer bunnies. You see it happening all the time. All of a sudden, they're in momentum. They're just in their zone. You know, it talks about getting into the zone, keeping that momentum high because they finally tapped into passion right? And they're seeing results from it. They're seeing results. Candace and Wesley and Grace, you know, you've been there and, and Candace and Wesley, you're really in there right now. So feel free to jump in anytime if you want to make a comment on any of this, because it's, it's really quite fascinating when you see it in action. High morale can also be the great eliminator. Okay, the great eliminator. What does that mean? Well, you know, when your morale is not high and problems come up, it's really easy to get stuck in those problems. It's really easy to get, you know, you're you're emotionally drained. It's really easy to get, you know, roadblocks to come up and and you know, kind of paralyze you if your morale is is low. Again, we all go through these problems and setbacks. And believe me, everybody does. And they're lying to you if they tell you they don't. Okay. So when they go through them, it's how you react to them and what's going to happen moving forward. When your morale is high, what will happen is you'll deal with the problems, move them aside, and you can actually push through them a whole lot easier. 
right? Because you're moving in a momentum, you're pushing through and eliminating them as quickly as possible while dealing with them at the same time. High morale is also the great emancipator. I love this part, a great emancipator. It creates some breathing room, all right? And this is something that I didn't really pay too much attention to until I reread it again. I thought, wow, this is very true. And once again, through experience, Winning creates breathing room. A good team with high morale will use the breathing room to take more risks, to be more creative, right? To in, invent and implement new ideas. So have you ever found yourself and think back to, you know, in, in your business, personal, as your, your morale is high, you, your, your mindset, your creativity starts flowing too because it's allowing you to think bigger, and take more action when you've got that morale high and your and that momentum going. So you know, everybody's shaking their head. You may say you, you agree with all this. You know, uh, when you're winning, nothing's hurting as bad. You know, your morale is great for the team, et cetera, et cetera. But how do we really get there? Okay, if you're an agent on a team, or you're just or even in any agent period, agent on a team, having a good attitude and mindset. Step one. It doesn't matter what your skills are. It really doesn't matter. If you're not right in here, and how many episodes I said this, you're not right in here, it's not gonna show up out there, okay? So attitude, mindset, always giving your absolute best. I, if had I, you know, had I had time today when I've done this course kind of in the past, I've done similar courses, I usually play, have you seen that YouTube video um, about the football players? You guys seen that YouTube video? The football, giving your absolute best. If not, watch that. You can Google it or YouTube it, your absolute best. And you'll see this video. And, and uh, I would highly encourage you to watch it again and again. Okay. Um, so giving your absolute best, supporting your other teammates. You think that's important? Uh, give me some yeses, I hope. It's really important to congratulate and recognize each other's successes. You know, it, it goes a very long way with teamwork. It is give and take. And it's always, you know, I, I call that, you know, the heart of the team is when we're really all champion. I call it, I champion you. You've heard me say that before. Um, I champion you. I don't just cheer you. I champion you, meaning I want you to succeed. And when we all want each other to succeed and we celebrate each other's successes along the way, that creates and builds more morale. Stage one. Okay, let's get to know these. I'm sorry. Now let's go to the leader. I forgot the leader part here. It doesn't just fall on the team member. What is it about the leader? All right. You have even more extensive responsibilities, not only doing everything I just mentioned, but you also have to model the excellence. And I certainly hope my team will agree. You know, I mean, I, I don't ever ask anything from anybody on my, any of my teams that I've ran and I run to do something I've never done myself. Okay. Um, I think, you know, I, I don't, my standards and expectations as a leader, I've, I've done myself. And the reason that's important is I continue to do it and I, and they'll see it, you know, when I do a, a buyer tour, which I guess I still take buyers out. Um, but um, I do, I, I still do every step I've trained my team to do. I still do myself. 
Okay. Everything I do, I still do myself, you know, and there is leverage, but I'm talking about, you know, really modeling the excellence and not just saying, okay, well, you guys do this, but I'm going to cut corners here myself and I don't need to do it anymore. That's not, that does not the way it goes. Okay. Model X, you need to help them develop morale and create that winning team, develop them. So the key to knowing how to go into these four stages, this can be found in each stage. The first stage is stage one, and this is poor morale. Okay, stage one is poor morale. The leader in poor morale on a team, the leader has to do everything. They must. They just must do everything. Um, nothing's more unpleasant than being on a team when nobody wants to be there. Has any, have any of you experienced that before? Being on a team, yeah, actually I have to, uh, where nobody wants to be there. Mine was not in real estate, but it was when I was running some health clubs and we had, there, there was some really poor morale and we had to, it was quite a bit to change that. In fact, when I took over that KW office, I was team leader number 10. The morale was, we had to turn, I called it turn the ship around and it took time. It doesn't happen overnight. It took time, but boy, did we do it to a very large level. And so that's what I mean by when we take these steps I'm telling you and put them into action, they're, they're proven. Poor morale, leader must do everything. The team is negative, feeling lethargic, and they have no, does anybody know what that, they have no hope. That's not a good place to be in. No hope. That's stage, stage one. Um, if you're in this situation and you're, you know, a team lead, you need to investigate that situation very closely. Address what's going wrong. What's going wrong, begin to try to fix what those issues are and what's going wrong with the team. That alone not, is not going to fix the morale, though. Uh, you've got to be, you know, you've got to start, you know, in, in initiating the belief, initiating the belief in the people. A team's only going to change by people starting to believe in themselves. Okay, you've heard that. People have to believe in themselves. You know, I can't believe more in somebody than they can believe in themselves. I can't want more for somebody else than they want for themselves. I, you know, as leaders, we can lead and guide and we can help, but they've got to have that belief within themselves and see them be able to, to be successful. So we can't believe more in you than you can believe in yourself. Um, you also have to show them, though, as a leader, that you believe in them. You wouldn't have them on their team if you didn't believe. My team, I don't have any of you with me if I didn't believe in heart of hearts that they can probably outperform what I've ever done. That's my goal. I want these guys to outperform, not just perform what I've done, outperform. Got that, guys? Outperform. <laughs> anyway, um, so... Another thing you need to do is create the energy. So the desire to change with energy, it frustrates people when there's no energy. So you need to bring energy to your team. This is all stage one. If you're, if you have any kind of low morale on your team, you really need to bring some energy to it. Energy is going to not only hopefully help your current team, but you'll be attract other people because energy is contagious, right? The most important thing on there is really, as I mentioned earlier, communicate hope. Go ahead, Jess. I just, I just saw Roberto give a little fist pump because that one, I just want to echo. When you said energy is contagious, yes. right? I don't know if that was for us or not, Roberto, but the timing was perfect, man. Because he's always on the phone. You know what? Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you this. Well, there's a runner here and I live in Valley Center and it's country and she runs every morning and she's up there. I don't know, but she runs every morning and she goes 
little tiny paces. And every morning I. Yeah, uh, that's cool. But, but yeah. watch that, that perfectly illustrated what you said, Susan. Okay. Yeah, well, the timing was perfect. Timing it was perfect. Was Energy is contagious. He's driving into the office, wherever he's going. There's a runner in his neighborhood who he sees every morning, just crushing it, just going for it. And he gets excited when he sees her. He's now, not. Now, uh, let's use this example. Yeah. So, so Roberto, I love this because just as you saw that runner, what do you think that run, that, that did for the morale of the runner that's out there trucking? You think that boosted her morale? And you know what? What did it do for you? Boost your morale too, doesn't it? There was um, there was a a, a, stand, a a standing guard. You know, in the morning you take your kids to school, and the the people that cross the road for the kids, they help the kids cross the cross the road. Um, and he was an elderly man, and he, I mean, literally, probably in I would say maybe late seventies or so. Every morning. He was he had a little chair, but as soon as the kids come, he would stand up. And every morning we would honk and wave, honk and wave, honk and wave, and say hello to him. And then one week he wasn't there and we were all very worried. But I tell you, these kind of things, you don't really, you, you're motivating them and they're motivating you really when you see they're, they're doing things like that. It's very cool. Thank you. Uh, so, you know, the next part, like I said, is communicating the hope. I mean, you know, the deepest need for the team in, st in this stage is really hope. They really need to help them see the potential and know what the potential is of the team, because without that potential, it doesn't fuel, you know, if you go back to that episode we did on, you know, the, the brain, right? It'll really make a lot of sense. You've got to have that hope and that and see that potential. So in stage one, the only way really to get the ball rolling is for you as a leader to start pushing it. You know, you can't wait for somebody else. You've got to start pushing it. So as things start to improve and you get into stage two, the leader still must do very productive things. OK, stage two in the beginning is any moment, any movement at all is victory. All right. Any movement at all is victory. That's converting a lead to an appointment as, you know, going any, any movement is that victory. You, you know, to create that positive morale, you've got to pick up some speed. Okay, You've got to pick up some speed. You can't steer a parked car. Have you heard that before? You, you can't steer a parked car. You've got to get the team into production and get them moving. That will start to increase the morale. So best way to learn what you expect from people is, again, to model the behavior. Model that behavior. And again, um, you know, one of the things that I, you know, I've mentioned, I think, on here and also with my, my team is, you know, again, don't ask them anything that, to do that I haven't done. Um, the 21040, we've talked about that as a team leader, the ex standard and expectations, two appointments a day, 10 appointments a week, 40 appointments a month. And that was a rough standard and expectation, let me tell you. So same thing, you know, when with your team, when you're guiding them and you're giving them standards and expectations, have you done it? Have you done it yourself? Or are you are you able to model? and show how those results will show up when they consist consistently take action on them. Um, in, in stage two, develop the relationships with the people that, who have potential. Okay, this can be a topic all on its own, by the way. Um, the first thing you do, obviously, is doing a disc behavioral, right? If you're the, the disc, you know, doing a disc behavioral and understanding the different person, because there's different personalities. So in getting people into momentum, you know, you've got to speak their, speak their language. And you've got to, you know, um, to get them to produce, you've got to understand who you have your people are on your team. And you've got to make sure that the behavioral styles are not in conflict, but are making a well-rounded 
um, you've got a well-rounded team with different behavioral styles to complement one another. Okay. Um, so uh, one of the, you know, one of the best things, you know, when you develop the relationships, you're going to have people that actually really, like I said, they commit more and you can, you can really ask the, this to go both ways. So, for example, um, you know, I did this on a large level, of course, KW, we have, you know, hundreds of agents when we were in the 21040. And it was really about recruit, recruit, recruit was a lot of it. Of course, then it was retain and, you know, and, and, and help them in production. But I also had leverage with, you know, productivity coaches and everything else doing that. But my as a lead, I had to really focus on that growth. Right. So when I ran a, a independent brokerage, it was also the same, but a little bit different. And the, and the reason I like going back to my little independent brokerage is because I only had like about 17, 15 to 17, really, you know, producing agents that would, well, they weren't even producing. A lot of them were brand new or they came from another broker sale and closed one or two deals a year before. And they really needed some guidance to go through the motions of, of being trained properly and getting in that moraling and in getting into production. And the reason I'm telling the story is when we sat down to interview and they were interviewing me, right, to come over to my brokerage, I let them know in the very beginning, setting the expectation and the standards that they're interviewing me as much as I'm interviewing them. Because in this brokerage, it wasn't just about recruit, recruit, recruit. It was really about wanting to make sure that I align myself with people who are committed with a great mindset that are going to show up and play full out. And if they weren't willing to do that, I would just say, you know, it's great meeting you, but it, this may not be the right fit because wait, when you join here, the standards and expectations are you're showing up and you want to grow your business. That's why you're coming here. Right. And that year, and again, we only had a couple that had, you know, been doing a little bit of deals, but most of them were either brand new or in the business and maybe done a couple of deals. Um, we went up to about 153 units and 60 million in production. So I'm not saying that it goes like this, but what I'm saying is the people did it. They did it through the commitment, through the morale, and it was known. And, and, and that's why when I say this has been modeled and done, you know, from people that, you know, were really frustrated and not in many production to coming into an environment where the standards and expectations are set, where the people are showing up and playing full out, not just showing up and taking notes and then not doing anything with them. Big difference. That happens everywhere. Showing up and playing full out, taking action. And you know what I always tell everybody, you know, I can't want more for you than you want for yourself. I'm not going to drag anybody. I'm not going to do that. It's I will help and lead. And so hopefully some of the other leaders, you know, you see stage two is the low morale is just getting people to start believing and really getting them into action and production. You do that also through setting up small victories. Again, the small victories and celebrating those small victories because every victory that is accomplished along the way creates what? More confidence. More confidence is building the morale. You also want to communicate your vision. And, you know, once the team is really moving, then you can start steering it. Make sense? Then we move into stage three. Stage three, this is the, you know, this is where you moderate morale. This is where the leader has to do some difficult things. You need to moderate. You get it. Get the team together is an accomplishment. Now, where they're going really, really matters. 
to change them from to get them into going the right direction, you know, sometimes you have to do some difficult things as a team leader to improve the morale. You need to make changes that make the team better. Did you hear that? Make changes to make the team better. Leaders are responsible for minimizing damage to any team member. That can be from weaknesses on skill set or bad attitudes mindset. And that's very important because you've heard that, you know, somebody that's very, very, you know, that's a negative, that can spoil the whole group, right? That uh, Candace, we experienced this about a year ago. We had an agent, I had great hopes and expectations for him, but it didn't matter what I said. It was, remember in our, in our office, Candace, you know, oh my, I mean, it, I mean, literally would not, it, it was fighting every little bits and piece and had an excuse as to why something wasn't going to work. We finally parted ways because obviously you need to be coachable, right? So the decisions you're, you need to make as a team leader, you've got to minimize, you've got to protect your team from some of that negativity. All right. How do you do that? You receive the buy-in from the agents. You know, you got to get the buy-in, you know, they got to believe in you as a leader first. And then whatever your, you know, whatever the vision is, if they don't buy in, then they're not going to do it. Okay. Right. And again, my team, you feel free to jump in because, you know, we have these conversations regularly, um, you know, and, and you need to see when you're casting your vision and you want somebody to do something, have a buy-in on your team, then the whole idea is to make sure that they understand, the team understands why you're asking them to do something? What's the benefit for them? What's the benefit for the team? Why do it, right? One of my biz, and I'll be very transparent, one of my largest struggles on my own team as a lead is what? Candace, what's your grace? What's Papa Joe? Uh, they're, they're at their mutes on. Uh, okay, they all know what I'm there to shake my head. Oh, yeah, you do. Okay, one of the biggest challenges for us is that weekly report. We have a scorecard. Okay, we have a scorecard that gets turned in weekly because, you know, we're all a lot of us working from home office. We're not in the office like we were every day. So the scorecard is an accountability. It's not just accountability, but it really helps me identify where their gaps are. If they're having lots of conversations and no appointments are being set, guess what we need to work on? Lead conversion, right? What if they're setting a lot of appointments and then all of a sudden they're not actually getting people into, into deals. What do we have to work on? Consultation, presentation, all right? They're, these identify gaps. What if they're not getting contacts at all? What do we need to work on? Getting a little, getting a, setting a wider net, making more calls and increasing the numbers because we know it's a numbers game. So these are all real important things about the buy-in of understanding what's the benefit Okay, this is a, a, I hope this is really touching with a lot of you. The last one is really develop them, develop the team and give them the skills they need to know. When somebody comes on our team, for example, there, there's really key items they need to, they need to learn. They need to learn to get mindset, right? Mindset, of course, you know, lead generation, lead conversion, presentations, buyer consultation, contracts. That's the first wheel to get them in production. I don't have them going out and doing everything else yet. Until that wheel is moving, then we'll sprinkle other things in, okay? And that's hard as a lead sometimes. Everybody wants to do all these different things because they, you know, but they, we've got to get them moving and focused into that growth. Stage three is make it or break it time for the leader. If you can succeed in stage three, in this stage, you're going to be able to move your team to a much high level. Okay, that's stage three. Last stage, I know we're getting short on time here, but last stage is high morale is the leader must do the little things. 
So now your team is is got great morale. Their performance is rising. Um, I mean, it's it's really a wonderful place to be in. And you, but you've that now you've got to keep the, you've got to keep the team focused and on course. This is now you're having to do the little things. Now you've got everything. You've got their systems in place. You, you're working and training, but now you've got to keep them focused because what happens? Ah, all these different things are going everywhere. Keeping them focused because if they get off course, they'll stop winning. And Jesse, a great example of this, you've seen it, we all seen it. Agent gets into production. They first are lead generator, lead, lead generator, lead generator. Now they're in production and what stops? What stops? Lead generation. And what happens? Three months from now, it shows up that they weren't lead generating three months ago. The roller coaster. There's the roller coaster. Okay. So in stage four, as the leader helping your team and guiding them, you want to make sure you keep them focused. Okay. If you notice people straggling off into doing a million other different things other than focusing on their big why, on their goals, which of course is partly the team goals, but their goals is where you're holding that mirror up and saying, hey, these are your goals and I want for you what you say you want for your yourself. And so how are we going to do that? Keep you focused. Communicate the success. Keep them, again, celebrate. I'm not going to stop saying that. Celebrate the success and support each other. Remove any morale mashers. If you start seeing something coming up and there's some morale mashers, we need to nip that. Because we can't, you know, it's not fair to anybody else on the team to have that going on. All right. Um, and then allow others to lead. Allow others to lead. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, like Wesley, this is not, this goes back to your disc. When you understand your behavioral style of your team members, Wesley is that high, you know, C behavioral style. He's very systems. Boy, I, I, he can't, I can't do anything close to what he can do on our sync website. Our Commissions Inc. website and our leads and our systems, Wesley is so meticulous and understanding all that. That's his deal. So I give it over to him. Go to it because you know what? Lead there. You're a leader. You're a natural leader. And far be it for me to try to step in and take over in that respect, right? Let him do it. Gracie. Gracie, wave your hand. Grace. I'm sorry. She's my niece, too, and I call her Gracie. Sorry, Grace. <laughs> Grace is 19 years old and she already has got her own, her own podcast, Beat the Culture, by the way. Um, but she also is very, she's that high eye, right? So Gracie, you know, in fact, we, we belong to this big mastermind group. You know, I went to the leader of the mastermind group. I said, hey, you know, love to have Grace. She's amazing on social media. I'd love to put her up in front of everybody and have her teach us a social media class. Grace is going to lead myself. And many other people, at least 30 or 40 other people that are in the mastermind group, right? Yeah, yep, sorry. Yep, that many people, you saw them. <laughs> in a social media class, give them the opportunity to lead. Make sense? This is part of the morale. This is part of them, though. It makes them feel good. Then they're great at it. It's their natural talent. Candace, I love her, Candace. She's our great equalizer. The great equalizer on the team, the high SI behavioral style. So believe me, when I, when I, with my high DI behavior, you know, I'm moving and shaking all the time and vision and everything. And then we got Candace and Candace is a great equalizer. If there's any conflict going on anywhere, she's a great equalizer. She loves that. It's so true though. You see the balance here that's occurring. The balance of that creates the high morale. So in stage four, when the team has come up to this level, 
the leader is able now to start doing some more. The bring, by the way, there's another thing that, that we talked about over the weekend is I'm going to start bringing them into some of the videos I do. They're, they're, in the next two weeks, they're going to be in videos. So I know we got to wrap up, huh, Jess? Yeah, I was just going yeah, to celebrate what, what, a, what a good call this was. You keep telling me to celebrate. It's going to celebrate how good it is. I don't, I don't know how much more you have. I know we're a little over time. I just want to be respectful. Yeah, we're we're going to wrap up. Um, did you say, well, I didn't add something because I love it. I wish we had more time. No, well, as I said, we can continue. This is part two or part three. I mean, well, this is a never-ending conversation. I'm not, I'm not, hopefully you're getting, I tell my stories because I believe, you know, I can sit here and just read to you John Maxwell, but I think when you start anchoring stories and, uh, you know, I can only have my own, you guys add yours, but when you start anchoring the stories and the real reality of how when you implement this, and like I said, when I've implemented it in other brokerages and whatnot, what the results are. So I'll, I will end it. I'll end it with a quote. When the law of high morale is working at its best, the leader boosts the morale of the team and the team boosts the morale of the leader. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. No leader ever wants to feel like they're dragging people along. It's, it's, it's very difficult, but the morale when it's going in both directions will continue. What is that called? Remember the elevator, continue to elevate. And then thus production will show up. All right. So that's our, our agent power holiday is all about morale. I love it. Thank you, Susan. I feel every Monday. I feel awesome. Now every Monday you get me lit up for the week. I'm ready to rock. Thank you guys. Everybody. Thank you for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the agent power huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the agent collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.